welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 33. Living in the Past. One of the things that's going to become increasingly important as you pursue your God given purpose is making sure that you're primed to do what you need to do on a daily basis in all aspects of your being. So that's spiritually, mentally, and physically, of course. And we touched on some of this yesterday when we talked about seeking solitude and how seeking solitude is going to ensure that your interior life is calmer, more stable, more centered, more present. Those kinds of things, right? And in your pursuit of this kind of optimal mental state, spiritual state, physical state, one of the things that's going to hold you back is living in the past. And that's what we're going to talk about today. right? What does it look like to live in the past? We hear this phrase all the time. And how will it prevent you from achieving the things you're supposed to achieve in the quickest time frame possible? So the first thing I want to say is that living in the past can be caused by physiological shortcomings, right? We've talked about neurotransmitters before. I've talked about The Mood Cure, a fantastic book on the topic, and I'll make sure to link it in the show notes below today as well. But one of the things that we read about in The Mood Cure is some of the symptoms that come with serotonin deficiency, right? Serotonin deficiency is one of the four major neurotransmitter deficiencies that cause mood problems. And this is what people generally call anxiety, right? Being sad, being stressed, being obsessive. And one of the symptoms is ruminating thoughts, right? If you have a certain thought that's really bothering you, this can be about the future, but sometimes about the past as well, and you just can't seem to let it go, right? You keep returning to this thought that upsets you again and again and again. So before we can even talk about the mental, the philosophical, the theological implications of living in the past, you always have to sort out the machinery by which you're experiencing these things, which is your body. So make sure that if you haven't already, you get yourself a copy of The Mood Cure and you do the work and make sure that your diet and your supplementation and everything is tuned in to such a degree that you can do what it is that you're supposed to do, that your mental state is at least physiologically optimal for performance. Now that being said, living in the past isn't only caused by neurotransmitter deficiencies, of course, right? The human mechanism is far too complicated for that. So a lot of times we'll find ourselves, even if you're physically healthy in every way that you need to be, you'll find yourself constantly thinking about past wrongs, right? And the church fathers actually talk about this and how it's bad for your spiritual development to dwell on people who've wronged you in the past. We're told to forgive essentially infinitely, right? And we touched on some of this in the violence episode too. This idea that if someone did something to you, but the, the threat is gone, right? And that it's best for you to just let that go, right? There's no point in taking a threat that's since passed or something that someone did to you and then trying to wait for the opportune time to get revenge or vengeance, right? That's not the way of the warrior king. 
So we have to understand that even on the spiritual level, living in the past is not beneficial to us if all it does is beat us down and bring us into despair and those kinds of feelings, right? There certainly is power in reflecting on your past wrongs and repenting of them, but you shouldn't let your past have a hold over you. And I know this from experience, right? I used to, especially when I I used to have a serotonin deficiency, right? But even once I fixed that nutritionally, it still took me a while to break out of the mental patterns that will keep you trapped in whoever you used to be in the past and the mistakes you might have made and the ways people hurt you and the ways you hurt them and all of those things. But the Warrior King ethos is first and foremost a practical philosophy, if you will, right? A lot of what we talk about is spiritual and a lot of what we talk about is mental, but it's all around this idea of how can I be the most effective version of myself while still living in alignment with timeless principles of serving God, serving your family, being a protector, provider, those kinds of things. So what we want is we want to be in the physical state to perform, in the mental state to perform, in the spiritual state to perform. And when you live in the past, when your mental space is constantly occupied with who you used to be, how people have hurt you, all of the trauma you might have experienced, you're not allowing yourself to break out of those patterns. Right? We've talked about neuroplasticity and myelination and how the thoughts that we think repeatedly become stronger and easier to think. Right? Every choice you make is a vote for the kind of person you wish to become, but also every thought you think is going to ingrain that identity as well. So if we're constantly thinking about, oh, this is what I used to be like, and I used to mess up in this way, and these are all the mistakes I made, and these are all the people who've hurt me, all you're doing is keeping your mind trapped by those things. And it's going to distract you from what it is you need to do today and how those things are going to lead you into a better future. And that's ultimately the point, isn't it? If you're so occupied with what your past looked like and woe is me, how are you ever going to develop the hope and the joy and the determination to build a better future for yourself and for your family and your community and your brothers and everyone. You're not going to be able to do that. So we know that living in the past can come down to physiological limitations, right? Neurotransmitter deficiencies and those sorts of things. And we also know that once those issues are resolved, that the mental patterns are still there and we have to break those deliberately because it's bad for you spiritually to dwell on past traumas. You're not learning to forgive, you're rather learning to hold a grudge. It's also bad for you mentally, right? If you are constantly dwelling on the past hurts you've experienced and past traumas, you're always going to be in a bad mood, right? Practically, you're going to have a harder time getting excited and working on the things you need to work on if you're constantly upset, right? I I heard the saying once, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to misquote as I usually do, but it went something like, Getting angry is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to drop dead. And the same is true of dwelling on the past. Is you're getting upset, you're working yourself up, and somehow thinking that this is like justified. Like the other person actually cares that you're upset. You're not doing anyone any favors. You're just fostering hatred in yourself, which again is bad spiritually. And you're hurting yourself physically. 
Two, you're constantly stressed out. You're constantly anxious, meaning that your cortisol and your adrenaline are spiking. You could run out, and you could become chronically fatigued, right, causing another neurotransmitter deficiency. But either way, you'll feel on edge, physically uncomfortable, all the time. So dwelling in the past is not only pointless. I wish it was pointless. It's harmful. It is actively detrimental to your performance as a man. So we can't allow that. And since we talked for the first half about what it looks like to live in the past and why you shouldn't do it, and now it's hurting you, let's talk about some strategies to get over the past, move on from the past, right? Get excited about the future and all and the future you can build. So the first thing I would do, and these are all things that I have done and. You know, most of these aren't my ideas. Some of these came from my spiritual father. Some of these came from some of my brothers and my friends. And, you know, you read about it in the, the literature and everything. The first thing you should do is if you're constantly imagining something in the past, some past trauma, maybe your parents were abusive, maybe you went through a bad breakup, maybe you had a falling out with a friend, anything. The first thing you need to do is pray for those people. And that's very hard. I know because I've done it. And it's very hard at first. But the only way you're going to get rid of the base emotion of resentment and hatred and anger is by praying for somebody because that way you're using A, proven tools that are going to help you advance spiritually, right? And forgiveness is a spiritual virtue. And B, you're using psychological realities of the human experience, right? Humans hate cognitive dissonance. We really can't stand holding views that are in opposition to each other, right? Things that don't make sense, that don't mesh, really bothers us. And you can see this at work in all kinds of scenarios, right? There's a lot of studies where researchers would walk up to people and collect donations, right? And some people, they would just knock on the door and say, we're collecting donations for such and such a cause. Would you like to donate? And some people do, some people don't. But other times, they'll knock on the door of a person and say, according to our records, you are a very generous person. Would you say that's accurate? And of course, no one's going to say no to that, right? So the majority of people say, yeah, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty generous. And then they say, great, because we are actually collecting for such and such charity. Would you like to donate? And when people were asked whether or not they consider themselves generous before they were asked to donate, they gave significantly more and significantly more often. Because once we have that thought in our mind of seeing ourselves as generous, then it doesn't really make much sense to say no to giving to a charitable cause. So we act with that identity, right, that we have in the front of our mind. At that present moment, we see ourselves as generous. So we act that way. And the same is true when you pray for people who might have wronged you in your mind, right? It's also a matter of perspective. Usually takes two to tango. But let's say there's someone who hurt you and you are holding on to that hurt. Pray for that person. If you pray for that person, you're basically saying, I'm a Christian. I forgive people. And this person, no matter what he or she did to me, still needs prayer, just as everyone does, just as I do. And if you start praying that way and all of these implicit thoughts are starting to come to the surface, right? This is a human being. This person carries the image of God, such and such, yada, yada. It's going to become harder and harder 
to actually resent this person because you don't see that person as the enemy anymore. You see that person as a fellow human being who is fallible, just like you. So pray for the person. That's the first thing you should do, right? And if there are circumstances that maybe don't involve people, maybe you don't have resentment at anyone in particular, maybe you just had a tough childhood or you were very poor or something tragic befell you, right? Maybe someone, I don't know, stole your car or you got into an accident or something. You might just be angry at the world in general. Well, if that's how you feel, go back to the episode on failure. Go back to the episode on sharing and suffering and listen back to those field logs, right? Remind yourself of why struggle and difficulty and, oh, the episode on hard days as well. Listen to those episodes and remind yourself that this is for your strengthening, right? You decided to pray to God to make you a more capable man. You decided to pray to God to strengthen you, to give you fortitude. So he said, okay, but there's only one process by which that happens. Trials, difficulty, right? You don't just pray for strength and then magically you start getting stronger. No, God is going to send you the events that will make you stronger, right? He's not going to snap his fingers and miraculously make you disciplined. He's going to give you chances to practice. So if there is a situation in your past that you dwell on and that you feel really is really unfair and, you know, maybe you feel like the victim, remind yourself that that's for your benefit. It is for your benefit. It's part of the process. And when you've done that, when you've started resolving your resentment towards people and you've started resolving your resentment towards life and reminded yourself that the obstacle to the way becomes the way, then you need to start thinking about something else instead of the past, right? If you've been living in the past, you need to start living in the now, right? And with some fraction in the future. But predominantly, you should be paying attention to now, right? God is found in the now. Our experience of life is now. The future is abstract, right? The second the future is here, it is now, now. And then the moment that is your current now will be in the past. So you should spend your time focusing on the task at hand, predominantly. You should be present, right? You should try to have constant thoughts of God at all times, right? Try to experience Him in your everyday. And when you're working on something, work on that thing. That's another thing we touched on yesterday when we talked about solitude, that you should be present with the activity, right? You can only live in the past if you're not living in the present. So you have to make sure that whatever activity you're involved in at that moment you give it your undivided attention. Living in the past is serving nobody. You can't change it. But you can change the future by living in the current moment. So you have to remind yourself to constantly be present. One of the ways I like to do that is by wearing a prayer rope on my wrist, right? I started doing it recently so that when I have a few free moments, I can say a couple of prayers. But also every time I notice it, it reminds me of why I wear it which is to pray without ceasing, which then draws my mind to God. So you can have little tactile reminders in your environment to keep you in the present moment. The past is the past. You learn your lessons, you move on from it, and you apply those lessons right now. And then a small portion of your time, I think, should be spent planning for the future, right? Thinking about the future. And this is a small fraction of your time, right? Every day I spend approximately 10 minutes or so planning my day. 
And then maybe once a week, I do weekly goals, and that takes another five minutes or so. And you know, once a quarter, you do quarterly goals, and then once a year, you do annual goals. So there's a little bit of time that's spent thinking about the future, thinking about the direction in which you're moving. So you should look up every so often, reorient yourself, make sure everything's good, reflect, and then put your head back down and keep working. And that's how you make your way towards the destination you have in mind. But of course, you want to enjoy the process as well because life is all process, right? It, this took me a really long time to accept. Is that all you'll ever experience is the process, right? You think you actually reach a goal and then you just marinate in that achievement or success or whatever it is. That's not the case. Usually, the opposite happens, right? There's a lot of science as to why this is the case, but your dopamine drops when you achieve a goal, right? The dopamine was spiking and spiking, driving you towards that goal, and then when you achieve it, you actually usually feel a little depressed. You know, something similar to postpartum depression, where a woman. Has this child inside of her for nine months, and then she gives birth, and then she might get very sad because the baby is not as close anymore. So life is all process, meaning the majority of your time has to be spent in the present moment. Only think about the past in order to reflect and to grow, and only think about the future in order to make sure that you're on track. And then you can rest assured that everything that you're doing in the present moment is to serve future you. Future wife, future children, your brothers, your family, your community, right? Everybody. So today, the homework assignment is going to be to think of a past trauma, and we all have them. I know I have them, right? When I hear this, right? I usually record these about a week in advance. When I hear this next week, I'm going to do the same thing. Think of a past trauma, something in your past that's holding you hostage, right? Pull out your notes app, pause this episode. And make a note, right? Brainstorm. You know, if you can think of something immediately, that's great. And if not, set aside five minutes later today to think about: Are there certain past events, or past people, or past circumstances that are holding me back from achieving my fullest potential, from being the best servant leader I can be? And if it's a person, you know what to do. Pray for that person, right? My priest tells this story sometimes. Where he says, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't seem to fall back asleep after a few minutes, it's usually God wanting you to pray for somebody. So you know you wake up, toss and turn, you can't really fall back asleep, and you just the first person that comes to mind. And I do this, and a lot of the times it'll be the same three or four people that I'm praying for. So whoever comes to mind, especially if you have some sort of trauma associated with that person, pray for that person. And if it's an event that's holding you back, remind yourself that you would not be where you are today without that event. It was instrumental in shaping you, and if it was difficult, it's an opportunity for strength. Right? Every weakness is an opportunity to build strength. So think of something today. Think of some sort of past that you're still living in, and promise yourself you'll resolve that. Right? You're only suffering. No one's benefiting from this. And if it's something positive in your past that you're living in, snap out of it. Those days are gone, right? Some of us reminisce. Right? We have nostalgia, simpler times. Those times are gone. This is the reality. You cannot escape. You don't want to be trapped by pain and trauma, but you also don't want to be trapped by events in the past that you think were so great. Usually, we see the past with rose-tinted glasses, anyway. 
So today, resolve to live in the present. Find something in your past that you're living in, if that exists. Get the book, get the mood cure if you have to, and make sure that you are primed and ready to handle the task at hand. That's it for this week's field log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.